Hello, everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when the office actually ended because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host. And with me is my co host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hey, everyone. Today, we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 8, Performance Reviews. And in this episode, the employees go through the performance review process. Jim and Pam pull a prank, and Michael evaluates his relationship with Jan. We start the episode off with a cold open, and Dwight is sitting at his desk doing obnoxious Dwight things. (laughs) He is sitting on one of those exercise ball things. Which he calls a fitness orb. Right. And just like bouncing up and down on it and breathing heavily and kind of like rotating in circles with his hips. And he is explaining the benefits of this fitness orb to Jim. And while he's doing this, he's knocking over things on Jim's desk. (laughs) And he's telling Jim that it improves his ab workout. It strengthens his back. It's just been this revelation for him. Right. And he also says that it improves his sexual performance (laughs) or it improves in general sexual performance. And Jim points out that Dwight is not having sex. And he, Dwight gives kind of this knowing look to the camera. And I think that is a, we we get, in my mind, two references yeah. to the relationship between Dwight and Angela in this episode. Yes, very much agree. That is very much established, I believe, at this point. So Jim is very annoyed by all this activity on the fitness orb. And he asked Dwight, how much does this cost? And Dwight's like, oh, it's only $25. So Jim takes a pair of scissors, walks over, and just uh, punctures the fitness orb, uh, leading Dwight to just crumble to the ground. Right. Yes. Now, while this episode on its face is about performance reviews, The entire episode centers around Michael trying to figure out what is going on with his relationship with Jan. Yes. The very first thing we see is Oscar leaving the conference room with Michael, seemingly finishing up Oscar's performance review. And Michael calls Pam into his office, leading us to believe that it is Pam's turn for her performance review. And the problem with Michael being distracted by being concerned about how, where he stands with Jan is that he cannot be bothered to actually do performance reviews. So throughout this episode, when he's supposed to be doing performance reviews, he's really actually holding people hostage to give him insight into what Jan could be thinking. What do you think this means for their relationship? All those type of things that he's agonizing over. So he doesn't actually perform an actual performance review for anyone that we are actually witnessing. And in Pam's performance review, all he does is play a voicemail from Jan. 
And really, the voicemail is pretty straightforward. Jan is just telling Michael that she will be coming in this afternoon and conducting his performance review, and that will be the only topic of discussion. And Michael plays this voicemail for Pam at least three times. Mm -hmm. And Pam immediately sees what this voicemail is. Jan doesn't want to discuss it. There's no hidden meaning. There's no, you know, read between the lines for Michael. It is purely, we need to do your performance review. But Michael doesn't want to hear that. And when Pam says, I don't think you're going to like what I have to say. He's like, well, now I'm in a bad mood. Let's do your performance review. So she's in a place where she has to lie about what she thinks Jan might mean in her message. Right. And really that kind of that end of that voicemail, the part about we will be discussing your performance review and nothing else kind of encapsulates this episode as a whole in that Michael wants to do nothing but talk about yes, this. that's very true. And Jan either doesn't want to talk about it at all or denies that there's anything to talk about in overall. Right. Meanwhile, while Michael is giving the faux performance reviews, Dwight and Jim are having a discussion about how they are going to be preparing for their performance reviews. Jim deadpans to Dwight that he's going to actually ask for a salary decrease because Dwight is really pumping himself up and is going to be asking for a raise. Right. And in a reversal of their usual rapport where Jim just kind of gets fed up with Dwight, Dwight gets fed up with Jim and it leads to this interaction. Uh, You know what? I am going to zone you out for the rest of today. Okay, I need to stay focused. And I don't have to see you tomorrow or Sunday. And please don't call me, and we'll see how things go on Monday. <sighs> Stupid. Wait, 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 one thing. Um, for tomorrow, you mean Saturday, right? Uh, duh. Duh. This perks Jim up because Dwight clearly thinks that it is Friday, <laughs> and it is actually Thursday. And Jim now says that he has a project for the afternoon. And that is literally how he and Pam seem to spend uh, the rest of the day, is reinforcing this notion to Dwight that, yep, it's Friday. Yes. So Jim makes a fake phone call to his friend to set up lunch for Saturday. And in this, and kind of the, the genius part of all of the interactions with Dwight from Jim and Pam is them making Dwight reinforce mm-hmm. that tomorrow is Saturday. So in, in this interaction, when he's on the phone with his friend, Jim says, we will be meeting up. We can have lunch at 1130 on the 15th. And he goes, which is a, and just kind of trails off as, you know, trying to find what day that is. And Dwight chimes in and says, Saturday. And Jim Gives a fist pump and is just like, yes, this is still going. Yeah. So Dwight has it sort of cemented in his mind, you know, from these interactions that, yep, definitely, you know, this is the end of the week. Later in the day, Pam comes to Jim's desk and asks about, asks if Jim saw the previous night's episode of The Apprentice. And they just go back and forth about who... Donald Trump fired 
without actually giving anything away since it hasn't happened yet. Right. And I guess Dwight watches The Apprentice because he, he really like gets in and is like, right. wait, what? Why? Wait, I didn't see it. Why? Who? Who did he fire? And he's like, what? What was I doing last night? And Dwight says he went out and got drunk with his laser tag team, which as as nerdy as that sounds, I think that sounds cool. <laughs> He's like, I never do that on a Thursday. Right. So, again, just them making sure Dwight keeps reinforcing that today, in his mind, is Friday. Right. And then, later on in the episode, there is a meeting to go through the suggestion box, which we will get to later in this episode. But Dwight makes an offhand comment about, somebody says something about coming in tomorrow, and Dwight goes, yeah, why would... Nobody wants to come in on a Saturday. Right. And this is the kind of where the part, where everything kind of falls apart a little bit. Because why would nobody say anything? I think because it was such an aside and then there were sort of bigger things at hand with the suggestion box meeting that people, and people often ignore Dwight and what he's saying. So I think that's where that went With the performance reviews, we see that Michael has held another employee hostage with Jan's voicemail. Stanley's up in Michael's office, and he's actually playing Michael pretty well. He is telling Michael, well, sometimes women say more in their pauses than in what they actually say out loud. So he invites Michael to play the voicemail again, so that they can listen to the pauses. Mm-hmm. And Stanley knows exactly what he's doing. And in an interview with the camera, he says, it's just all about my bonus. He doesn't actually care about Michael and Jan's relationship or Michael's intense worrying about the situation. Yeah. As was stated in the call at the beginning of the episode, Jan does finally show up at the office to do Michael's performance review. And Michael, obviously, since he has been so focused on this phone call and the relationship at large, can only talk about the thing that Jan said she was not going to talk about. Yeah, and prior to Jan... Uh, actually arriving in the office, she had called Michael back, and we learned that Michael had kept calling her. Yes. Even after he heard her voicemail, and all that he needed to glean from the voicemail was, your performance review will be this afternoon. Yeah. And on the call, when they're actually speaking over the phone, Jan tells Michael all she wants to talk about is his ideas for the branch. Michael realizes he doesn't actually have any concrete ideas for the branch. So he goes to Pam and says, hey, where's that suggestion box that everyone puts their good ideas in? And Pam says, I don't really know what you're talking about. I mean, back when we first, when I first started, we had a suggestion box. Mm-hmm. So Michael's like, break that thing out. Like, let's, let's get some good ideas flowing. So when Jan actually arrives, the in-person interaction between her and Michael is very awkward at first. Right. And this is a a prime example of Michael's failure to grasp reality. Because it is very clear what is going on here. Jan is not interested in Michael. 
But when Jan shows up, he tries to give her a hug. And Jan's like, no, and puts out her hand to for a handshake. And Mike's like, okay, and grabs her hand and then tries to kiss her hand. And Jan pulls away. And just Michael can't move on from yes. this topic. Not even just in, in the sense of move on from their relationship. Like, there definitely needs to be a conversation about that. But put it on hold. You're at work. This is what's going on. And then address it later. He can't do that mm -hmm. because Michael is a child and doesn't really work when he's at work. So <laughs> Correct. So Michael and Jan go into Michael's office and Michael continues his just attempts to recognize what went on in the Chili's parking lot and afterwards. And Jan says, we are only going to discuss business-related topics. Mm -hmm. And Michael goes, okay, so I have a question for you. Are you wearing a new perfume? And he smells her and says that it is sexy. So we have to fire Michael for this because that is pretty textbook sexual harassment. Yeah, especially because Jan has been explicitly clear that she only wants to discuss business with Michael. Yes. And when Jan questions Michael, like, how is that business related? <laughs> it is kind of the same logic that Michael used when he said that his trip to look at his condo with Dwight was business related right. because he needs a place to live in order to work. Michael says that, well, we're in the office, so right. this is business related. <laughs> and Jan really never gets a chance to actually begin a performance review with Michael because he keeps rerouting the discussion to what happened in the Chili's parking lot. And Pam calls in to Michael's office and says, hey, we're ready for the suggestion box meeting. And Michael says, I'm busy. Don't interrupt me. And Pam always just nonchalantly gives up Michael's plan. She's like, well, you told me to call you about this when Jan was here. So Michael always wants to make it look like he's busy um, or that, you know, he runs this tight ship, but really it's just something he would have told Pam to do right before Jan would have come in. Mm -hmm. So we're in the conference room. We are, there's a table in the conference room. It's not rows of chairs. And we have a suggestion box meeting and Michael's sort of trying to play it off as though we do this every week. This mm -hmm. is, this is a real thing that happens every single week. We have these discussions about people's suggestions. But, or, or at least that he is checking the suggestion yes. box every week. But the very first suggestion gives up the gag. Uh, because the first suggestion is, what should we do to prepare for Y2K? And this episode aired in 2005. So I guess we can infer that Michael hasn't checked the suggestion box since 1999. Right. <laughs> the next slip says that... The office needs to do more to provide resources for people suffering from depression. 
And Michael just kind of brushes that off and is like, well, obviously no one in this office would ever be depressed. And, And I think this is just him kind of playing himself up as I'm the good boss, I'm funny, and yeah, everybody's and having a good time. Yeah, loves working here. Right. Loves coming in. And so he says it's a joke, and he asks who submitted that, even though they're anonymous. But on there it said Tom was the one that submitted that. And Michael says that, of course it's a joke, no one here is named Tom. And Phyllis brings up that there was a Tom that worked in accounting, about a year ago, and then implies that he killed himself. And Michael, again, not really grasping the weight of the situation, is just like, oh, whoa, yeah, that guy was weird. Yeah, it's a pretty rough look in the episode, and mental health issues and how we treat that as society has really come a long way since 2005, as you can tell, because that wouldn't really be... I don't think that would be necessarily handled that way on TV now, but yeah, so not a great look. And the more suggestions that come out of the box, the more you can tell that this isn't a very fruitful meeting. Right. The next two suggestions tell Michael to do something about his BO and to do something about his coffee breath. (laughs) Michael tries to separate himself from the BO comment because... He says, well, it's not really nice to say that about a co-worker. Right. And Toby points out that these suggestions are for Michael. <laughs> and Michael does his usual snapping back at Toby. And Angela very clearly is the one that put the coffee breath post in because she is the one that chimes in and says, well, sometimes you do talk very close <laughs> to us. And the suggestion box meeting comes to a close because clearly someone has recently put in the suggestion, don't sleep with your boss. And Jan is rightfully so very livid by such a suggestion because that clearly says that Michael has been blabbing about their encounter to everyone else in the office. So she takes Michael back into his office and sort of gives him a dressing down about We're not discussing this. There's nothing to discuss and says she needs a break. Dwight is getting himself amped up for his own uh, performance review by playing a Motley Crue song. And he comes in, Jan's back in Michael's office, and he has a poster board and uh, handouts, and he's fully prepared to demonstrate why he should be eligible for a raise. Michael doesn't want to hear about any of this. He still only wants to talk about his relationship with Jan. He has little lines thrown in there like, okay, third wheel, as he says to Dwight. And that Jan has toyed with a man's heart. It's a very good, like, quick cut scene back and forth between Dwight just trying to make his case for, you know, being a good employee And Michael really wanting to hear none of it and wanting him to leave after he tells him that his performance has been adequate. Yeah, and there's this, and off of that, as Jan is saying she doesn't want to talk about their relationship, and Michael takes that as she just doesn't want to talk, period, when Michael says, here's your performance review, it's been adequate, thank you, you can leave, Jan's like, have you been doing all your performance (laughs) reviews this way? 
And Michael goes, oh, so now you want to talk? And it's like, he just doesn't get it. He does not. And eventually Jan storms out. Michael follows her, leaves the door open to the office. So the entire office is hearing their conversation as Jan's trying to get on the elevator and just leave. And she lists off all the reasons why it's just not going to work out. I'm heading back to New York. Alan and I will conduct your performance review over the phone tomorrow. Wait, okay? wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Come, I just, I just want to know why. Now is not the time or the place. Okay, so you're saying that there is a different time or no, place. No, I am saying discussion. we are never going to have this conversation. Well, okay, what, never, as in never, ever, ever, or never, as in there's still a chance. Never for me always means never, ever, ever. I just want to know from the horse's mouth, what you know, is the dealio? Michael, am I too Michael short? It has nothing to do with your looks, okay? It's your, it's your personality. I mean, you're obnoxious and rude and, and, and stupid and... You do have coffee breath, by the way, and and I don't agree about the VO, but you are very, very inconsiderate. Really, really, you're 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 a great guy. Okay. I appreciate and, that. Thank you. You were very sweet, and you stayed up with me and talked to me and cried with me, and I appreciate that. Now I, I time in my I life, cry. but I just am not in the place right now where I'm looking for a relationship. So. We can still work together, we can still be friends, but... Okay. So my looks have nothing to do with it. And amazingly, all that Michael takes away from that is that it's not really him, it's she's not ready for a relationship right now. And not just that, but his first question is, so it's not about my looks. Yeah. And it's, again, just amazing how dim and separated from reality that Michael can be sometimes. Yes. It it sort of goes back to when he was on the phone with Jan. She hangs up, and then he looks up the camera and says, that's my girlfriend. Like, there's this <laughs> right. just, he's just devoid of reality in this situation. Yes. To wrap the episode up, we see the culmination of the prank that Jim and Pam had been playing on Dwight. We see a shot of the office the next day. Dwight's desk is empty. His phone is ringing. Pam has dropped off a message on his keyboard. There is some text on the bottom of the screen that said it is... Friday at 12.20, and Michael comes in and like, where's Dwight at? It's, you know, it's noon. What's going on? And Jim's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and right after that, we see Dwight kind of just squeal into the parking lot and is half-dressed and just is running into the offices. And he's like, I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> because one of his reasons for being eligible for a raise is that he's never late. He doesn't take a sick day, even when he had walking pneumonia and he even comes in on holidays. So this is just a uh, terrible timing for this prank to occur. <laughs> right. So with that, we will go back to the annex with Antoinette and find out any fun facts about this episode. 
So there's a lot of good fun facts about um, this episode. This is the first episode that was written by Larry Wilmore, who plays Mr. Brown in season one. Um, and it was also directed by Paul Feig, who and who is the director of Bridesmaids. So during filming, Jenna Fisher came down with a cold, um, but she memorized and performed all her lines without needing to uh, pause filming. Um, and I don't really ever pick that up from her. Mm-hmm. The cold open, a lot of the takes that had been rehearsed were when Jim stabs the fitness orb with the scissors. That was actually a mistake in the sense that the previous rehearsals involved the fitness orb slowly losing air. But during the actual filming, John Krasinski hit the fitness orb right on a seam and it essentially popped really quickly. And so that was a surprise that it it essentially lost all the air at once and Rain Wilson just like went to the ground. And so that's why the people in the background were laughing so much. And you see actually, you see Phyllis Smith pretty surprised in the background because that was not meant to happen. Those could be pretty dangerous. There was a basketball player, I think, I think it was Francisco Garcia. Like, like they're, like he did the thing where like you do the bench press with the mm-hmm. the dumbbells while mm-hmm. stabilized on that and it popped while he was on it. And so like, the, oh my God, you know, he collapsed and the weight came down on his chest and he got pretty seriously injured. Yikes. Well, and Paul Feig wasn't going to keep that in. Like they were going to just reshoot it and have that as a blooper reel. But Larry Wilmore really pushed for it. And I think it works pretty well, actually. It would have been a different take if it had been this just slow release of right. air. How many exercise balls did they go I know, that's what I wonder then. Like, that's a lot of... If they had, you know, done rehearsals where it was a slow release. Yeah. Then, man. Um, a lot of the interactions between Michael and Jan were actually ad-libbed by Steve Carell and Melora Hardin. Her entire uh, diatribe at the end on the elevator where she's just listing off all the bad things where that was ad-libbed. And the accidental breast graze that Steve Carell does, um, that Michael does on, on Jan, that was an accidental thing that happened during rehearsal, but Melora Hardin loved it so much she asked to have that put in. So those are the only sort of background things. And the other reference to Angela and Dwight dating at this time is when Kevin's sort of being childish and just joking about what happened between Michael and Jan, and Angela chides him by saying, office romances are only the business of the people that are in them. And Kevin sort of reiterates office romances, like romances plural. So I think it's safe to say that Angela and Dwight have been dating for a while. Some of the early episodes in season two don't seem to fully support that or they forgot that they were going with that. But now it's this is what's happening with them. So that's the end of the annex. All right. In this episode, we did have a firing, uh, Michael, for sexually harassing Jan. It is his fourth firing of the season and seventh overall. Not a great streak. No, no. I think he is very far ahead of 
everyone else. Yeah. One kind of borderline thing that we do see is that when Dwight is pitching his case for his raise, he brings up the fact that he comes in on holidays and both Michael and Jan are like, wait, how do you come in on holidays? And Dwight's like, I have a copy of your key. (laughs) And Jan's like, that's a very serious offense. So (laughs) I think we would get a... Maybe a suspension of some sort at right. that point. And turning and back turn in the, the key. key. In. Yes, and things like that. Yeah, that probably doesn't come up very much because very few employees would want a key. Right. So, Antoinette, do you have a Dundee to give out for this episode? Uh, Yes. The Dundee Award for Best Read on the Boss goes to Stanley because he really makes it out that he is sincerely trying to give Michael advice about Jan's voicemail. And really, he just knows Michael's personality and how to butter him up. Right. I have the same Dundee. The, the It's all about that money. Dundee <laughs> goes to Stanley. That's really better. Because, uh, because Stanley is probably the person in the office that is most vocal about his dislike of Michael and of how dumb Michael is. Yeah. <laughs> and so to see him just, yes, like you said, really play along with Michael and just appease him because he recognizes that Michael in a good mood means a good review for himself yeah, just like in the yes, Halloween... Will, yes, will help him with his performance. Just like in the Halloween episode, Michael's easily manipulated, and yes. all of his employees know it. Yes. Who is your employee of the month? I have co-employees of the month here with Jim and Pam <laughs> for staying so dedicated to the prank on Dwight. Uh, it is very... It was, it was a well-done act by the both of them to really keep this going make sure Dwight kept reinforcing the fact that it was the incorrect day and you know really seeing the payoff in the end (laughs) what about yours my employee of the month is Dwight because he cares so much about his job and he's gonna pump himself up for a performance review he has all the evidence gathered to pitch himself for a raise. He never takes time off. So he's pretty dedicated to Dunder Mifflin. For sure. So that does it for this episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DownsizingPod and to keep listening on your favorite podcasting media. And that does it for today. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.